afternoon and evening, Supercoach Elitists. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name is Corey, and as always, alongside me is Beretta. G'day, Corey. Good to be back for another Supercoach Elites podcast. Moving on to the third member of the team, the Bonf Express. Welcome, Bonfer. Choo-choo! That's right, Brother. The Bombs Express is back. And uh, today, what do we have? Round 11 is what we're up to. Round 11 preview. Um, so, before we get stuck into that, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites, on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, and Facebook at Supercoach Elites. Big week this week, boys. Plenty to talk about. Approaching the Bryce, so some strategies to get ready for that. Some bubble boys from around the grounds. Uh, some play comparisons. There, This is going to be a big one. It's going to be a big, bloody podcast. So let's start with the bubble boys, boys. Fancy little word rhyme there. Uh, Timmy Smith, 123k forward. Break even of 118. Scores of 91 and 101 back-to-back is just... Is Tim Smith the biggest lock of the year when it comes to a rookie, brother? Uh, yeah, for me, he's an absolute lock. Must have mature age, 27 years old. They tried to play him last year, got hurt, but now he's fit and firing. Um, averaging 95 or 96, whatever it is, 123K. Perfect time of the year to be downgrading. I know a lot of teams are running your, your Stevensons and I don't know who else, even Giles Langdon's and even Bailey Fridge. I'm probably not getting rid of him, but... A lot of teams are trying to go down in the forward line, and yeah, Tim Smith's the one to go to. Yeah, and totally agree with Britta. For me, um, yeah, no, I wasn't sold on it last week, but uh, you want to pump out two numbers back to the back to back when you're in your first and second game of the year, then uh, yeah, I'll be downgrading to you for sure. I think one of the big key factors um, with Timmy Smith's game is just the 20 disposal. So he's not just getting lost as a stay-at-home forward; um, he's up up the ground, being that link. Yeah, offering a lot, and I think I think Big Timmy Smith is. I think he's going to be around for a while. Um, at least we'll get to his buy round. We'll get a quite a few price increases, and I just think you'd be absolutely bananas to pass on Tim Smith this week. Uh, we've got a couple other boys. Jordan Ridley, 123k defender, break even of negative 51, scores of 76 and 49. There was always that worry with Hurley coming back this week, uh, but some positive news for. Ridley, not for anyone else, um, with Paddy Ambrose going down and won't be back until after that Essendon buy round. So, has uh, Jordan Ridley kind of just edged his way past uh, Bailey Rice for you guys, or where, where are you at with Ridley Brenner? Um, I won't be bringing either in, but I think Ridley's job security was really, really helped by that. Hurley comes in for Ambrose if he's fit. That's if he gets named. I know there's word that he should play, but no guarantees with selection. Um. I think Ridley just holds at least for another week. I mean, his last game was very ordinary. In a win, still didn't get really anywhere near it. The first, completely polar opposite to his first game, but I think his job security was really helped by Ambrose going down. Parrish is out for quite a while. I know he can play midfield to sort of halfback a little bit, so he don't have to worry about him either. Um, Yeah, job security, pretty safe. But I do like Bailey Ross, so uh, very, very hard to split those two. Pops? Yeah, they are hard to split them. And what I'll be looking at is just, just looking at the, the buy structure and what suits you better. So for me, Ridley's going to be more valuable to me than, than Bailey Rice would. And um, look, I wasn't sold on Ridley last week. Um, but yeah, look, Ambrose going down, job security goes up. 
Uh, if Ambrose didn't go down, then I, then I'd probably end up picking Rice. To be fair, but look, he's out unfortunately for the Bombers. But uh, yeah, look, it looks like at this stage Ridley will come into my team. Uh, or I had to bring in Ridley last week to avoid the donut. Um, so done his job. So pretty happy to hear the news this week. Um, hopefully saves my ass a little bit. But look, I don't think Jordan Ridley's game was overly disappointing. It wasn't as good as that first week. Uh, it's still, again, just the nine touches. But he'd done his job, popped up at a couple of those moments. I think Ridley's going to be pretty safe now um, with Ambrose uh, out. Uh, big Warsfold at the start of the year was asked who was the most impressive um, young kid in that group who he thought would stand out the most, and he did say Jordan Ridley. So um, thanks to the hyphen for that stat. But uh, I think we're pretty good with Ridley there. Uh, Bailey Rice though boys 123k defender break even of negative 49 has that higher score of 68 rather than the 49 that'll sit in the system for a little bit and a score of 55 he looks good down there too and with well, Carlisle probably making way for two weeks now um, uh, big Brown Benny Brown's out uh, uh, not Benny Brown um, Nathan Nathan Brown um, and I had another one down there too that was injured as well so plenty of spots down there uh, Bailey Rice 123k, break even a negative 49. Again, 55 and 68 scores. If someone grabbed Ridley, Riddles last week, could you condone the double downgrade this week, boys? Bombs, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, mate, 100%, because uh, we've got to gear up these non-playing rookies on the bench to get some playing rookies uh, in and around these buy rounds, because, um, yeah, I, look, I'd, yeah, I just think it's going to be valuable overall points and for league games, uh, just to have... Um, 18 and if not more than 18 players playing each week, that's only going to be beneficial to your score. So, yeah, no, Rice seems like a good pick. Right Job security really good, I think, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, what is he averaging? Like 18 touches a game. Um, plenty of plenty of hands on the ball. He's a, that sort of mid-size. I think he's about 185, 190, somewhere around that. So he's not your big key slow defender. Knows how to get the ball, knows how to use it. The ball's down there a lot for St Kilda because they're just getting smashed around the clearances. Um, throwing it a bit sideways, question, would you go Lockie Murphy down to Bailey Rice if Murphy wasn't named? For uh, 70k, uh, looking at, yes. looking at your buys. buy round, Yeah, if it was looking at your buy-around structure and Lockie Murphy wasn't named this week and it was really going to help you out over the next couple of weeks, I don't hate it. You need to make sure that during those buys you've got enough people to cover you for those weeks. Look, if someone else is ready, we've got to pray somehow Lockie Murphy's getting into that team after that dismal performance. Um, but I don't hate it at all, brother. Yeah, and, and I'm pulling the trigger on that for sure. I'm, I'm probably going Lockie Murphy down down to Ridley myself. So whether it was Ridley or Rice, yeah, I certainly do it for the 70K because it's all about the points you're going to score over the next three weeks. Um, but also, I mean, look, Murphy doesn't look likely to come back if he's not getting a game with all those injuries that Adelaide have got right now. It seems pretty unlikely. The other thing I like about Bailey Ross, um, Richo, uh, the, the coach, actually gave him huge raps uh, in the after game, just was just talking about, I guess, um, just him being in the team and just just wanting to pump games and experience into players like Bailey Rice. So you'd be pretty happy with that, and, and that certainly gives me confidence to go and pick him, knowing his job security seems relatively good because of that. Yeah, um, the, the bit that made me laugh with that confidence, that conference, whatever it was, they asked him a question about Jack Billings, and then he goes on like a minute, minute and a half <laughs> spiel about Bailey Rice and how good Bailey Rice has been. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, I love to hear it. Um, out of the two, Jordan Ridley and Bailey Rice, if you could only bring one in this week, who are you going with, Bombs? Uh, Ridley because of my buy structure. Brother? I'll say Rice to be different, but it's just, it's super close. 
probably I, I probably was Bailey Rice just on job security, but I think uh, I think I'd go Jordan Ridley now if Ambrose is out and he can hold his spot. I think I like Ridley. Is Caulfield, is Caulfield healthy? Uh, Caulfield was managed last week, and we assume that he should be back this week. If Caulfield doesn't make his way into the team this week, then there's a good chance that that would be my move. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Because I feel like Caulfield and Rice are interchangeable. So I think they're a little license. bit different, though. Caulfield's bigger. Yeah, I think That's... Caulfield's more of the ball user. Where I think Bailey Rice is kind of let's play on my opponent, let's go for a mark and Nick Smith type. Yeah, yep. Um, I think we've got that with Bailey Rice. Over... I don't think Caulfield's overly confident in the contest yet. Um, whereas he's happy with the ball in his hands. Whereas I think Bailey Rice is kind of the opposite way. Um, still a very lovely user of the ball, but yeah, that's where I see them too. Uh, Logan Austin, 106 on the weekend, so these are boys after one game. Rourke Smith, 68. Callum Moore, 68. Any way you can condone bringing Logan Austin ahead of any of the other boys, uh, Bombs? No chance. Um, and to quote the old Vince McMahon, no chance in hell. <laughs> uh, I know you boys will hate that WWE reference. Anything for um, a WWE reference. Yeah, no doubt. But... <laughs> But look, when you got Ridley and Rice both available at one hundred and twenty-three thousand, what's Austin one fifty-nine? I yep. think. Um, look, and and Rice and Ridley um, actually on the bubble. You can look. You, you go and get those ones before you go worry about Logan Austin. That's for sure. Brenna? Um, yeah, I'm looking at Austin, but not this week. So I'm holding off on both, and I'm basically banking on one of Rock Smith or Logan Austin to put out a decent score next week, and I'll go pick them up. If I'm in a position to upgrade this week, so the fact that uh, those other three that you mentioned all played relatively well and I will be on the bubble next week make things easier with me passing this week. Well, don't Doggy's got the buy next week too, which is pretty um, pretty handy. Um, when's Richmond's buy? Does anyone know? Is that next week as well? Yeah, that's, uh, He's a forward though, isn't he? Oh, not that the, it matters. Richmond have got the last buy. They got, they'll get the ugly ah, okay. one. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you'll get you'll get a free hit at uh, Rourke Smith the week after, which could be pretty pretty handy looking to downgrade and upgrade, but Logan Austin could definitely be the one next week um, coming off the, bottle, the, the bubble there. Um, <sighs> that it, boys, for the bubbles? Nothing else there? Yeah, I think for Rourke's, so. yeah. Yep. All right, beautiful. Let's do some round the grounds this week. Um, the Tigers uh, defeated a pretty depleted Coburg team. Uh, Sammy Lloyd was a big, uh, well, the most outstanding player on the ground, most influential player on the ground, sorry. Uh, 33 disposals, four goals, one. Um, young Liam Barker, a baker, sorry, one to watch out for. He's 103k forward. Uh, he had 28 disposals and one goal, one. Uh, for the Pies, who defeated Footscray um, in that clash as well. Sammy Murray had the 22 and 8 marks. He was pretty good. Uh, Nathan Murphy, who is uh, Pies' second round pick, well, second pick in the draft. He had 20 disposals, 8 marks. Uh, Brandon Sire was a little bit disappointing with the 15 disposals. Uh, my check up forward again, kicked 2 2 and had the 15. Uh, for the Footscray team, they had Louis Young, who was probably their most uh, influential on the ground. Uh, he had 13 marks as well and uh, 6 rebounds. 50, so along with, I think it was uh, 20 plus disposals there too. Wiley Buzzer um, could be one to watch out for with Big Ruddy Galea going down for Your boy. Geelong. Your yeah, boy. my boy from yeah. last year. Uh, two goals, one, nine marks, 16 disposals. One to watch out for though, boys, uh, from the Cats was Sam Simpson. Um, I think he played last year. 
He had 32 disposals, 13 contested possessions, 8 marks, 7 tackles. Um, he's a high half forward as well, playing some time in the guts up there too. So the big thing, 187k forward though, that's probably the big worry. Um, but the thing with Sam Simpson, the big knock on him was size. And he's gone and put some size on over the offseason and come back out and uh, impressed as Geelong defeated Williamstown. Uh, the Northern Blues, who had the Bombers this week. Uh, for those who have Garlet still, he only had the 18 touches, didn't impress too much. Silvani with the 22. Uh, they got knocked over by the Bombers, who Benning McNeese had the 30. And Parrish, who's just gone and had an operation on his hand this week. He had 28 on the weekend, was looking good. Finally found himself some VFL form, and now uh, he's gone out for the week, which is pretty disappointing. I think this next game poses a bit of relevance, especially in the Supercoach front too, boys. Uh, Casey Scorpions defeated Port Melbourne on the weekend. Dom Tyson kicked two goals and had 35 disposals, 10 marks and 10 tackles, along with Balich snagging three goals, uh, 18 disposals, um, and Buggy and Kennedy Harris, who also hit the scoreboard and had 20-plus uh, touches each. I think that none of them are super, super coach relevant. But we do have to worry with the likes of Spargo and not so much Fritch, but um, Timmy Smith as well. Melbourne, and, and you said this last week, Bombs, this is why you weren't going early on um, on Smith last week, was because they got a shitload of depth. And we're watching these boys at the second level impress. So so that's one to to definitely keep an eye out with all your, your Melbourne fellas as well. Uh, probably especially Spargo at the moment too. Um, North defeated Box Hill. Larky and Zuha. Larky kicked four straight. Everyone remember Mishlaki from last year? Yeah. The big yeah. ruckman who made his way in. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Zuha kicked four two. Uh, Paulie Ahern had another 22 disposals. The worry for him, as long as uh, North are in pressing, uh, will continue to win. I don't think uh, Paulie Ahern's going to make his way into that team. So, hoping kind of for maybe he might be a bit of a uh, option at the back end of the year. Um, Box Hill didn't really have any standouts. The one I worry, though, is Mira. Um, with Brand, who went back into the VFL. Uh, he had 10 marks, um, 4 rebound 50s and 20 disposals. Mirrors are great. Uh, you may all call me crazy because you just look at Supercoach scores. He's a great weapon going forward, but I think he lacks um, a, a real ability on the defensive end. And, and, and Bombs, you actually messaged me on the weekend and we were talking about Mirror, and you noticed that if West Coast needed a goal, it was basically just yeah, kicking to Mirror one-on-one. Um, and th- and that's when they were nailing them there. So he might hold his spot, but I think with that uh, brand coming back into some form, that'll be a little bit of a worry there. Um, Sandringham too, who put on a clinic on the weekend. Um, David Armitage had 39 disposals. Um, and 123k forward Josh Battle kicked three goals, one and had 16. But boys, are we ready for... Because here's some exciting news. Um, in the waffle... We had uh, Petrocelli who snagged three, 14 disposals. Oscar Allen had two uh, as East Perth lots to Swan District. Uh, Peel Thunder, Harley Bunnell, kind of back out there mm-hmm. impressing again. And uh, Stefan Gyro, or Gyro, however you pronounce it, he will debut this week. Uh, Ross Lyons said he's ready to go. He had 34 disposals on the weekend after impressing from impressing from a return from injury as well. So, um, and the killer bonfire, Duman, Tyler Duman, he had 25, <laughs> he had 14 marks. Ross, in his post-match presser, said, we've got to find a way to get Croden and Duman back into that team to get some games in them. No real serious news out of the sample. Um, the Port boys had Pittard and Trengrove. 
Um, Barry, for anyone holding Barry, he had 23. Uh, Signorello, impressed for Adelaide with 24 disposals and one goal. One little Murphy only had the 17 touches. So, really need to pray for luck for him to get back in. Um, and in the Neeful, Tommy Bell had 42 and kicked one goal through for the Lions. The big one for anyone who picked up Isaac Cumming last week, he had 33 disposals, um, two goals, two, uh, two goals, two. Is that coming? You remember you saying coming stats? He didn't go forward, did he? Yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. He, he kicked sure. a couple of goals, yeah. Wasn't sure if I mucked that up there. Uh, Riley Bobner with 31. Sproul finished with 34. And Finlayson, two goals, two and 25 disposals as well. That was a bit of a mouthful, but that was round the grounds for the week. Whew. Boys. That was a lot there, but you've done a good job as usual, mate. Yeah. It was a lot there. A lot of research, guys. Five minutes of absolute caca. Um, (laughs) You boys ready for Who Am I? My favourite segment that I never get right. (laughs) It'd be nice if you got one this week, Brett. I'll let you go first, as usual. Give me, give me if you think you know who it is. I'll read out the rest, and then we'll go from there. I'll uh, buzz in the first one. Who am I? I am priced between 500 and 600k. I've put out no scores sub 80 this year. Three scores plus 100. All of those three scores were 110 plus. I'm owned in less than 10% of teams. And I'm one of 10 forwards to average 100 plus on the season. Who am I? Uh, I'm going to take a a ping Westhoff. I was going to go Menegola. I'm with Westhoff. You're both wrong. Oh, Jesus. Forwards. Josh Caddy? Josh Caddy? Forward. Not Josh Caddy. Josh Caddy's had a game under 100, hasn't he? Um, I didn't say he hasn't had a game under 100. I said under, oh, no, under 80. Under, under 80, sorry, that's that's what I meant. Um, well, it can't be Jack Darling because you've done him a few weeks ago. Um, it can't be McLean. McLean's, well, that'd be a bit too obvious, would it? Not McLean. McLean. Yeah, right, I got, he actually, you stumped me here. Josh Caddy, boys. Made, I said Josh Caddy, just, you dog. What did you say? Just Josh Caddy, you idiot. You oh, did no. you? Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought you said Josh Darling. <laughs> I mean, I thought you said Jack Darling. <laughs> Uh, Apologies, mate. One was... time I get it wrong, I don't even get credit for it. You make me sick. Apologies, Brent. I think I was reading Jack Darling as you said it. Was that your first guess? Second. Ah, it doesn't count then. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> no, and uh, it, was, uh, it was Josh Caddy. Apologies there, Brenner. It'd no, you're right. probably help if I was listening to what you said. Yeah, Josh Caddy, boys. Uh, I think perfect segue into this week. Is there any way that Josh Caddy, especially after his last three weeks, I was going to read out his last three week averages, but I thought that would give it away straight away. Um, is there any way that we could condone Josh Caddy with what he's putting out in the park? 146, 99, 113, lesser extent 88, and 111. That's his five week spell. Uh, break even of 60. Is Josh Caddy a serious threat for a top um, six to eight mid, uh, forward line player, brother? Um, I think he'll he'll go close, but I think just going off the back of my head, Richmond have had a decent draw so far. So um, I think they play like Port and Geelong in the next two or three weeks. So I think I'd like to see him do it against um, teams where midfields will be competitive and maybe be able to handle the pressure that Richmond are putting on teams um, because they are going forward so often and they are battering teams. His numbers have been really, really, really good. But um, 
80, like he scored 80s in games where it wasn't massive wins, if that makes sense. Like there's, there's always that chance he's going to drop below and you want to get your top six as guys who are pretty much going to be hitting around 100 every week. Brett? He's uh, no bumps, different. Sorry. Yeah, he's, he's no different to me than Devin Smith. Um, and look, we'll get into who we think of the, the top players later. But yeah, I think on average, he will probably finish um, from here on out as, as a top six. I think with him, though, is that he consistently misses games, not just this year, throughout his entire career. And that's got to be the worry. He's also kicking incredibly accurately at the moment. So when, when that sort of starts to balance out as well as that many, his output kind of dies off. But yeah, no, I think um, I think he can be. Will I condone it? No, I won't. Uh just what I'm real worried about um, his just injury history. He almost he's missed two games this year already, hasn't he? Yeah, yep. yeah. And he almost seems to be that bit of a whipping boy too for the Tigers as well. Kind of sitting. Nah, no longer. With uh, no longer a whipping boy. No, nah, yeah, he's, so. he's um, look. He's been a super talent. He's in some great form. I don't know if he can finish top six. Um, I'm not taking the risk on it. But look, I don't hate it. Low score of 84. And this is the, these are the kind of stats that I really, really like. It's that, you know, if he puts out the 84 on a week-to-week basis in a, in a head-to-head matchup, you're not disappointed with that. You're taking that. Oh, it's an 84. It's my forward. You know, 500K. Boom. He's Could probably, have been worse, but yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, I, I really don't hate it. Um, again, I'm like you boys. If I was ever going to get Caddy, it would definitely probably be as my last upgrade up forward. Um, but you could do some. You could do a lot worse than picking that. Let's go into the battle of the forwards at the moment. And this week, one of the most heated debates I'm seeing is probably Buddy Franklin and uh, Michael Walters. There's a lot of people picking up Walters because of the man Kelly, and it's basically a spend an extra 20k and you can grab Michael Walters. Uh, I think a lot of people like the idea of Franklin's run, especially coming up against Carlton. Does still have that higher break even. But boys, at 419k versus, you know, 490, who, who are you going this week? Would you be going Michael Walters or Buddy Franklin? Walters. And, and, and by a considerable margin as well. Why? Because, um, listen to John Longmuir's uh, conference, and uh, Buddy is still playing with that bruised heel, and this is going to be something that's going to be managed the entire year. Um, yeah, sure, he's got Carlton this week, okay, whatever. But, um, you know what, he doesn't go big against Carlton this week, then, to be honest, I don't even think he can average 100 for the remainder of the year. Let's read out some of these scores for Franklin. You know he's only turned up three times this year? Yeah, and, and how played. early? Yeah. He's played the, one, two, look, three, thing... four, five, six, seven. Seven games. Turned up in three of them. Scores 106, 112, um, and then 175, obviously, to start the year while he was fresh. Yeah. But you have, look, you have a look. So apparently this heel happened in round one, and round one is where that 175 took place. So you take that 175 out, and what's he averaging on the year since he's had issues with the bruised heel? It's it's like under 90. Um, I'd be really worried about bringing him in, to, to be honest. And I know we said last week, you know, go Lloyd over Franklin just because of the, the break-in and that sort of stuff. But now I'm saying with that news about his heel, um, and he, and he's going to have to be managed essentially through the entire year. I'm saying avoid at all costs. Yeah, I think avoiding is probably one of the best 
methods to go at the moment, especially after that press conference. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. And Michael Walters offers huge value this week. 419k, potentially probably one of the cheapest prices we'll see him for a long time moving forward. Um, break even of 24. Is Walters a genuine top six to eight option, Brett? Um, first question, I don't know if you want to jump on it, I'll go, I'd still take Franklin ahead of Walters, but that's just me. Um, is Walters a genuine top six forward? Are I you, think are, he's in that. Are you not worried about the heel? Not particularly. I think Walters is just as likely to miss weeks as Franklin. Walters gets hurt every year, pretty much. Like. Yeah, and I think Walters is likely to miss weeks, but Franklin playing injured is going to hamper scores when out there. I know, but, but if you're just comparing, if you're just comparing the two, I trust Franklin. Like he got he got hurt in that first game, 175. Then he played three or four games injured before it got too much. He went 87, 106, 98, and then 48 when it was just falling yeah. apart against the Bulldogs. Counter argument to that is its last three scores is 60, 112, and 48. Yeah, but I still trust Franklin. I still think all it yeah. takes is one game, and everybody realizes how good Buddy Franklin is, and everybody's jumping back on the bandwagon again. I think Franklin is far more likely to be top six than Walters. I think Franklin is almost a guarantee to be top six, where I think Walters is a chance. Ooh. Pure average. Like, obviously, the whole <sighs> game thing hurts, but pure average, Franklin will be top six. But isn't Walters averaging more than Franklin at the moment? Currently, he Walters is. Walters averaging. Yeah. Uh, Walters so averaging 93. Franklin's averaging 98. Oh, oh but yeah. Walters had an injury-affected game, though, didn't he? He had that 17. So so Frank- yeah. Franklin yeah. had 40 oh. and he barely played. Franklin's playing injured as opposed to Walters going down with an injury during a game. It's to me that's a little different. Yeah. In non-affected like, injury games, I take games, thirty points. Yeah, like that's really not going to make a difference. In non-affected injury games, uh, Walters is averaging one hundred and four. Yeah, well, I do that's, know that. That's why I like Franklin yeah. hasn't had an injury in yeah, non-injury exactly. affected games. He's averaging one hundred and seventy-five. Like. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I'm not joke, disagreeing joke. with you here, Brett, either, because I'm actually on your team right now. Here yeah, on out to the back that. end of the season, I'm probably baking Franklin in more likely to finish top six than I am Walters. Just think of it like this. Round 22, you match up Franklin versus Walters. Who do you trust more? Yeah. I trust Franklin. They're not... I don't think they're going to continue to put Buddy on the park if he's not able to do Buddy things. Yeah. Buddy can always do Buddy. He'll, he'll kick six yeah. this but week. That's exactly matter. my point. If he's not, if he's not fully fit, then they're not going to put him in the park. Um, I think Walters offers extreme value. I really do. Uh, Franklin's break even is one hundred three as well. So you've got a free hit at him if you wanted to see him this week. He's only four hundred and fifty seven k. So it was four ninety nine last week. So there's definitely a lot worse out there. Um, I think Walters offers extreme value, but you have to make sure that when you're backing up Walters that you're backing him him in to be a probably top eight plus forward line player. Don't go pick Walters just for his price if you think that he's not going to be able to back in the rest of the season or get injured. Um, Because an amazing stat that probably a lot of people don't know, I mean, take out Sam Reid. There's... um, there's, what, I think 10 forwards, did we say yesterday, Bombs, that are averaging 100-plus. So yeah, there are plenty of options right there. Um, obviously, take Sam Reid out. That makes it nine forwards that are averaging 100-plus. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it's it's huge value. Anyone got anything to add on that debate? No. Nah. 
while we're on the debate, let's go. Uh, let's keep debating. Simpson versus Webster boys, because this is another very commonly asked question. Simpson's got that round one buy. Webster's got that last buy. Um, for me, right now, I think I'm going to have a more of a look at Simpson coming out of his buy. Uh, but there's people that are looking to upgrade this week. Simpson v Webster. Where should people go, Bonfer? Yeah, so if you're looking to upgrade this week, you look at whatever suits your buyers better. You don't worry about who's going to, you know, average the most and all that sort of crap. Um, you just go for whoever suits your buyers better, and the likelihood is that Simpson will suit everyone's buyers better. So Simpson seems the obvious decision between the two. But in saying that, if these two players had the identical buy, I'd be saying Webster without even hesitation. Is that because Webster's got the more likely, you know, one... 100 to 110 in him, whereas Simpson's got those erratic 80s and then 140s? Well, that's because Webster's had two scores under 100 this year and six scores above 100, and his two scores below 100 are 81 and 95, which are probably Hibbard's top scores for the year. So um, you can't question the numbers that Webster's put out, and I think Webster is... He's not even in contention, I guess, for, for top six. He's an absolute lock for top six, I think. Um, yeah, well, I'm doing the actual upgrade this week, so I've got to pick between Simpson and Webster. That is my choice. So far, I'm leaning Simpson um, based on the buyer's help a little bit more. His price is a little nicer. Um, but I plan on getting both eventually, so I guess that makes things easier. And I'd also like just a few more weeks of Jimmy Webster. I mean, we've never seen him do this before. He's never averaged over, what was his highest average? 71 last year. So I know we've got a nice little... Um, bit of data here, I guess 10 weeks worth of really nice scores, but if I get to around 13, 14 or whatever it is and I've got to bring him in and he's still doing this and the decision is just the easiest thing ever. Injury worry anyone at all when it comes to Webster? I think he's more likely to go down, but I'll, I'll back him in not to. Simpson's 34. I know he never misses games, but he's old as old as shit in footy terms. Um, yeah, I'll back them both in. I'm not too worried about either of them, to be honest, with injuries. I prefer Webster, but I do agree with the buy statement. It's basically easier to have a look at buys. Or if you're really, really sold on Webster over Simpson, say you don't rate Simpson as a top six defender, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. You could always wait till after buys. I mean, it's it's a two-week wait for Simpson as well. He's got... He's got a, say, sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry. Say you've got five defenders already. This is your last one. So you can have Simpson Webster. or Webster. You can't get the other. Who are you taking? This Webster. week? This week or post-buy? I'm saying for the for the rest of the season, this is it. Your defender six, and you got to run with it for the rest of the year. Yeah, Webster. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. too. Yeah, because I think they're less. Like I said, I like the fact that those less erratic scores. I think Webster's Careful. just going to be a little bit more consistent in that factor. Um, I mean, how much sample size do we really need, other than this year? And I think it's there, yeah. but. What else can we do? He's on kick out. He's on kick out. He's on deepest defender role. The ball always gets swept through him. So, and he, last year he was the the guy who took all those risky kicks. Anyway, he just missed a lot more targets. And Robertson sort of split the duties too. Um, yeah, there's no Robertson, and their other back flankers are Bailey Rice and Caulfield. Like, um, well, like I know Geary's there, but Geary's not a great kid. Geary's different. Geary's different. Yeah, he plays on a man. Different. Webster sort of is the number one user. Yeah, uh, Savage as well. Savage is probably the other good kick, but. Plays, um, yeah, but Webster, Webster plays deep again. It's that completely different role. Like, it's almost like it's like a triangle. Webster's deepest, and the other points are 
Yeah, I watch through the left footer. They love that makes that a difference. Sort of... It actually yeah, it makes, makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> While we're sitting down back, boys, uh, we've got a 422k defender with a break even of 19 who absolutely tore it up running through the guts last week in the D's. Uh, and it is Angus Brayshaw. Now, there's going to be a lot of questions coming through, so I thought we'd just cover him. 130, 105, 69, 100. Uh, break even of 19, owned in 8% of teams, which is so Hi. many. Um, is Angus Brayshaw a serious option, or is he just a man in a bit of a purple patch, Bombs? Well, this is a man who, for the first time in his career, well, maybe not for the first time in his career because we know what's happened during his career with all the concussion and that, but for the first time since returning from all his concussion has been properly unleashed in the midfield and has had, particularly over the last month, a fairly good run at it. Um, would I condone picking him up? No, I wouldn't. Um, but if you've got him already, you can, you can probably just ride the wave of momentum because um, I think that's all this is. This is a, a wave of momentum, and, and they'd be bound to stop at some point. Brett? Um, I'm so happy to see him playing and playing well, but he's not super coach pickable. I mean, there's always the risk he gets hurt again, and there's always the risk that he drops off. And at this stage of the season, you want to go and pick from the, the top of the apple tree. You want to get the best of the best. You don't want to be picking, you know, just, just like stop Maybe. gaps. Yeah. yeah. So well said. Um, Jack Billings, boys, uh, gets a weekly talk, but Bonds, there was some news out of the presser on the weekend. Coach was a little bit more happy than usual with Jackie Billings. Mate, he absolutely loves him. I've never seen a coach back in, back in Billings so much. I'll tell you, if I was a coach of St Kilda, I'd be that bloody frustrated. But, um, yeah, no, he, he absolutely loved him on the weekend. And, you know, he was making comments along the lines of, you know, he was much, much uh, happier with his offensive performance. He was saying that his defensive performance had been good all year, but he was a lot happier with his offensive performance. Now, I don't know if Richardson had glasses on during the game, but he missed a goal from, like, 15 metres out by trying to kick it on his on his wrong foot um, and dropped an absolute sitter of a mark inside the forward 50 as well. That game on the weekend, you fix up those two errors, and that game on the weekend was almost 100. Um, and, and I think... Look, I think that's what we've been waiting for. Like, he fixes that up, all of a sudden he's scoring 100, and I think there's a lot more positivity out in the community. But the reality is is that he didn't hit those things. But, look, I think I'm prepared to hold him through the buys just to see if he can turn the corner a little bit for me. Brett? Um, frustrating thing with Billings is Richardson's actually killing him by playing him deep forward. But you look at his numbers, and they're not actually that bad. Like, he had 26 and 9 marks with a few goals in round 1, killed it. Then he had 23, 17, 23, 20, 15, 20, 15, 21, 18, and, like, chunks of marks and tackles in every game. So his numbers have been good, but he's just lacking one or two goals. He turns it over. Like, he's getting plenty of it for a forward. He's just not doing much with it. He's not high enough up the ground. Yeah, I mean, we all expected him to play bulk midfield this year, and his numbers in the midfield have gone down. So, very frustrating. And without a role change, I can't really see him averaging top six numbers like from this point. Obviously, with his crap start to the season, he's never going to average 100 this season. But from here on out, he's just not going to put out top six numbers. Yep. No, I agree. Hopefully, hopefully, he can just start putting out something a little bit more respectable, earn some cash, and be the last upgrade option for those who still have him. Um, this the week to go for the boys who have uh, t- Tim Kelly from Geelong. Yeah, I got rid of him last week. I got so rid of him last happy. week. Last week, bombs. I also got rid of him last week, but yeah, if you haven't, yeah, he's got to go this week, doesn't he? So I'm the only cockhead on this podcast that decided to back him in. 
Well, I wouldn't, use, I wouldn't use that sort of language. I would just say you're the only person on this podcast in Divi 2 and you're the only person <laughs> in this podcast who didn't trade him. So maybe there's a correlation there. Yeah. Look, all right. Well, I'm probably the best one to talk about him then. Uh, it's time to go. JMHBA uh, last week thought he could come back and do something against Carlton. But him and Ablett have just completely switched roles from that kind of three weeks beforehand. Kim Kelly straight to the uh, straight to the forward line. Um, Ablett straight back in the guts. It's, it's killing him. And unfortunately, he was the one that we harped on about that he would be your last upgrade in that team. But let's not leak some cash. Let's get rid of him now. Break even of 136. This is a week to trade. Hopefully, you've got some DPP app options floating around where you can move Kelly in for a Spargo um, or move him back or something to get one of those rookies. Uh, but if not, I mean, absolutely no issue at all if you use Kelly to a Walters or something like that this week and then, you know, use the DPP to get him in those respective lines later on. But I think Kelly needs to go. And I think one of the most popular trades, boys, for Kelly this week is Tommy Rockliffe, and that will segue us straight into the Port Adelaide talk. Port Adelaide and Gold Coast coming back off the bye. Um, and let's start with Rockliffe. There are a lot of people in the community right now who are backing Rockliffe. He's been traded in over 6,000 teams at the moment. Bumps, you are a big Rockliffe lover. Any way you could condone getting Rockliffe this year? Uh, uh, no, his body's going to break down again, isn't it? Um, and, and that pains me to say that. And I just don't think... No. I, I, look, I'm, I'm just not going to give it the, any airtime whatsoever. Um, just just no. And, and it's just purely on the basis of injury. What if he doesn't get injured? What can Rockliffe do this year? Well, what, what he can do is average 130 for the rest of the year. That's what he can do. <laughs> do you honestly think he could do that? Honestly? I don't look. I think he could honestly average 110, probably not 130, but I, he's averaged 135. Before. It's, it's a different Rockliffe, so. though. I think yeah, it's, it's a very, very different Rockliffe. Look, two weeks he's come back and he's gone to the midfield. He's gone 98 and 102, um, but he hasn't been getting Rockliffe numbers of like 40. He's been getting around 30 to do that to, to get that job done. If he can increase five to six to seven touches and go 35 to 40, like we know he can on I a don't consistent know if he basis, can do that in that team though. No, there's not enough ball. Yeah. Mm. He's averaging eight tackles a game, which is nice. He's confident in his body, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think Rockliffe yeah. can yeah. honestly give you enough of what you want. The, honestly, the community. And and you got to remember, Supercoach is a, is a, it's a butt-ruthless game where, where especially the community, they get agitated very, very quickly. And they're, <laughs> they're quick to judge and they're, and they're quick to react and, and quick to get pissed off. Now, this is a man who's had two 30-plus games in the last two weeks and has only scored a, a 100 on. If you are going head-to-head on a weekly basis and losing by 20 points and then looking at that matchup of Rockliffe versus Kelly, Rockliffe versus Crouch, you know, Rockliffe versus genuine top 10 midfield options, you're going to eat yourself moving forward. I'm going to say it here, and this kills me to say it because I love Tom Rockliffe. I don't think he's a top 15 super coach midfielder at all. I don't even think he's relatively close to that in that team. Agree, disagree? I think I think, I think he can be. I think on, on potential and, and things going right for him that, yes, he's a chance. I, don't, I just don't like the odds. I'm just scared because they keep rotating those midfielders and... 
it's every midfielder gets hurt every like four weeks. Like they just go forward because they got so many. Like I think Wines and Ebert can't play anywhere but midfield. But yeah, what is it? Your Bokes, Sam Gray, Robbie Gray, and Rockliffe are all just Powell rotating. Pepper's going to come back into the. Yeah. Pepper, yeah, yeah. like oh, he's back Rockliffe's going to play yeah. at least one or two games in the forward line where he's averaging like fifty. So yeah, you don't want that. I, I love honestly Rockliffe, think man. The I picked him three times last year, but <laughs> I think God. the safest Port Adelaide player right now is probably Justin Westoff. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, averaging 107.1, yep. 524k, um, and see the rider news as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, that he's playing hurt. Yeah, yeah they got to manage his time. Yeah. That's great for Westoff. I actually think Westoff is the safest pick mid forward. I mean, I wouldn't be picking him in the guts. Mm-hmm. I'd be picking him up forward. Um, and he's one that I've got. I mean, we're doing our top six forward and defenders this week. He's one that I've got marked down. He's as a potential. He's not in there, but as a potential in that sixth spot, I think he could seriously crack in. Um, what about Robbie Gray and Travis Spoke? Bumps, you're massive against Gray because of well, because of role change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not potential role change. We've witnessed it for the last two games they've played. So I certainly wouldn't be bringing in Robbie Gray this week. Um, and look, we'll eventually get to you know top six forwards and that sort of stuff. But if you've heard the last two podcasts, you've heard what I've had to say about Robbie Gray. I've said buy beware. Um, he's had that one quarter where he scored eighty two games ago against Gold. No, was it two games ago? Yeah, it was, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, course. Um, against the, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's right in the showdown. And um, he scored eighty points in that quarter, one hundred and twenty for that game. So he had forty points in the other three quarters. And then he had 67 versus Gold Coast playing in that forward pocket. So seven quarters in the forward pocket produced um, 107 points and um, one other quarter produced 80. And that's the sort of fluctuations that you're going to get with um, with Robbie Gray. And I don't, I don't think we're going to get those 140s and 150s. And I think when he has a good game as a forward, it, it's going to sort of max out at 130 because he's not going to have 30 touches to back it up. And, and that's a worry because the lows are low and the highs aren't like the real highs. Brett, anything else to touch on that? Uh, Robbie Gray, my whole plan all along was to bring in Robbie Gray this week, and I'm not doing it simply because of the role change. I mean, his number's 26, 22, 39, 32, 23, 28, with loads of tackles thrown in there as well. Every game, he's averaging like five or six. Gets to the Crows, 20 touches, zero tackles. He kicks six, got his score over 100, and then 15 and four tackles. His numbers yeah. have been really ordinary the last two weeks, and his midfield numbers and midfield time is down. So I'm stressed about him, and I'm not bringing him in this week. Yeah. This next man has had three scores over 100. Uh, well, sorry, four if we count 100 on the dot. Scores of 125, 109, 100 flat, 111. Lowest score of 77. And it's Travis Boak as a mid-forward option. Why is Boak not getting the love as much as some of the other boys out there, Brett? Same thing with roll, roll, and all that sort of stuff. When they have their full um, allotment of midfielders, Boat goes forward, always does, has done it for the last two or three years, and his numbers are down because of it. Bombs. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Brett. So one, two, three, four. Gray West off Boat Rockcliffe in order that you'd pick up. Uh, oh, Jesus first. Christ. Um, well, Rockcliffe goes at four because he's not going to be top eight midfielder. Um, <laughs> Uh, what am I deciding between Gray, Westoff, and Boak? I'd go Westoff, Gray, then Boak. So Westoff one, Gray two, Boak three. Yep. Yep. Brett. 
List off one, grade two, just. I think it's a lot closer than what we think. Rockliffe at three because he's so affordable and, um, yeah, Boak four. Yeah, I'm grey. Uh, sorry, I'm West off grey, Boak, Rockliffe. If anything happens to any of those midfielders, grey instantly grey becomes more. number one. Yeah, correct. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie Gray come out this week and went straight into the guts, had 30 and kicked two. So, I love how we're saying Rockliffe's like a guarantee to get injured, but we're also saying like Rockliffe's like going to ruin Gray's season. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I don't think... As soon as Rockliffe gets hurt, Gray's on. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Rockliffe's a guarantee to get injured. I just think there's the worry. I think that the fact that the others have forward mid eligibility makes me put them higher than Rockliffe. Okay. I tell you what, if I'm coming up against my matchup next week and I've got Josh Kelly versus Tom Rockliffe, I'm so happy. Or Matt Crouch versus Tom Rockliffe, or Clayton Oliver versus Tom Rockliffe, or something along those lines. Um, That's where Rockliffe goes 174. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'll just pick him up. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, uh, look, that's the port to paint. What about Gaff, boys? Andrew Gaff, has he been getting enough love? Uh, really gone under the radar. He's one that just constantly, week in, week out... Does it? Doesn't get a lot of attention. 554k, break even of 84. Some crazy scores. I think his lowest score is, let me double check this. Yeah, his lowest score of 92. So, highest score of 135, which is on the weekend. There's a lot of teams jumping on Gaff this week. Um, is he a serious option for a top 10 midfielder? Bumps? I think he is. Yeah, I, th- I think he is. With, with consistency like that, that's what we crave, that's what we want. He's better than Matt Crouch. His numbers are significantly better than Matt Crouch, even when Matt Crouch is non-injury affected. Um, his numbers are, I think, better than Dusty Martin as well. Um, and his numbers of late have been better than Clayton Oliver too. And those are players we widely consider as, as top eight midfielders. He's uh, certainly uh, top eight. 550 is around the right price. Now, Breda, the thing I like about Gaff, and, and the reason why I address you in this, is because these numbers, they kind of remind me of McRae last year. Does this mean Gaff could go next level next year? Maybe that's a discussion for uh, you know early preseason next year. But look, Gaff's tons. His consistency is unbelievably good. Brett, you love McRae. Um, um I love McRae. Let's let's avoid that talk because it hurts every week, and I thought we could sneak it past this week. Um, I don't think Gaff can go next level like McRae does, simply because I think McRae wins a lot more contested ball. Um, I've got Gaff in my draft league, and I'm so happy I've got him. He's been just a consistent 110 every single week. Um, people worried about him getting tagged. He gets tagged most weeks, and it doesn't affect him. Um, the one thing I could see his points dropping off four or five or six points a game is maybe Luke Shuey coming back. Because um, he goes and does that grunt work a lot more. But man, Andrew Gaff is a really, really safe pick. He gets his 30 possessions every single week. I don't hate the pick, but I think he's not going to break into the top eight mids. I think there's going to be a couple ahead of him, but I think he's a very safe pick. Pretty sure he plays almost 22 games every single year, doesn't he? He's also a really mm-hmm. healthy player. Yeah, very durable. Mm-hmm. Really like the pick. Yeah, really like the pick. I think it's a safer pick as you can possibly make. If you have had a really bad patch with injuries and stuff and you just want a safe pick, probably go get an Andrew Gaff and just sort of relax your team a little bit. Yeah, and I've got massive wraps for Gaff as well. That consistency basis is just just crazy. Um, and we always talk about, you know, there's a lot of teams who love just that pure consistency to go with those erratic players as well. And we've got plenty of erratic players in our teams. I mean, Dusty's probably one of them. 
at the moment. A lot of people have Dusty. He's constantly up and down. So I think Gaff will kind of just just cruise the ship with a lot of team scores as well. Another man who's based very similar price, Adam Trelaw, boys. He's got the 127 break even. Had that absolutely crazy game on the weekend um, after a disappointing week before. Very similar averages, very similar to Gaff. He's probably a little bit more erratic. What about anyone who's looking at Trelaw? Brad, we'll start with you being the pies, man. I prefer the Trelaw pick because he's done it before. I think he's done it three or four seasons in the past. Last year was maybe... Um, it was, a, it was a down season. He averaged 101. It was really poor. But since he came in the AFL, he's only, oh, what is it, 2013, he played 20 games, 20 games, 21, 22, 21. So like Gaff, seems to be healthy pretty much all the time. Um, he has really changed his game. He's lowered his eyes. We watch him closely because at the start of the season, he was the whipping boy because every time he touched it, he'd just kick it in the air 100 metres and Sicily picked it off and had like 300 super coach points that week, which was quite frustrating. <laughs> has fixed it since then, which has been nice. I prefer Trelaw to Gaff, and I am very big on both. Bobs? Yeah, I'm with yeah, I'm with Brett as well. I like the fact that Trelaw can go more consistently above 130. Or sorry, even above 120. He's gone above 120 um, four times this year, Trelaw. And what's Gaff done? Twice. Yeah, so I like the fact that you can go above 120 because you know, you know, you said before, you know, you might lose a loo game by 20 or 30. You can go safe 110 every week, or you might go 105 and 135 type thing, and that 135 will get you a win, whereas the 105 will still get you the loss the same way the 110 did. And you got to look at it like Chalor's been okay, pretty good this season. Like it started slow, then been really good. Gaff's been incredible, and Chalor's still averaging more. More likely so. to finish top eight. Chalor comfortably. Chalor, yep. And agree. Josh Kelly back on the weekend. Boys, I watched this the whole game. Um, was really, really good when he was on the ground. I think the score would have been a lot higher. So for those who didn't catch the game and have Kelly, um, you should be... I was wrapped holding on to Kelly after seeing that on the weekend. For those who don't have him, should he be in their watch list immediately? No. Why? I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Well, I still prefer players like Clayton ahead of him if you don't have Clayton. Um, I'd probably even prefer Trelaw and Gaff over Josh Kelly as well. Brett? Well, I'm terrified because I have one midfield spot left and there's only two players I'm considering for it and they are Josh Kelly and Jackson McRae. I'm so happy I held Kelly after watching that on the way. Uh, He's so good, man. Why are you considering Josh Kelly over McRae? Are you all there? Did you watch him him play? No, no, he was in Geelong, so I excuse his stupid comments. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, man, like, man, he just comes in off the worst injury run like he's had in ages. Has what thirty touches? Yeah, and, and that was runs very limited game time too. Yeah, he Dude, was... Josh, you forget, man. Josh Kelly could average one fifteen. McRae's probably going to average the same from here on out. And like, he's what is he two hundred k cheaper? Like, how can you not consider him? I would mm. still prefer. You can't go chasing points. If I didn't have him, I'd prefer McRae. Um, great comment to make. You literally cannot chase points. You have to grab here at in. But if I didn't have Josh Kelly, he'd probably be in my watch list right now as, as yeah, one that I want. He was silk. And this was after a pretty average quarter where it took him the first quarter to find his ground. Uh, didn't have a shitload of the ball. But just come out and was just pure class. Pure class. Um, 70% time on ground for Josh Kelly this week. And he turned up. Lowest, second mm-hmm. second lowest on the ground. He didn't turn up, though, did he? Oh, he scored 99. Yeah, 99. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> um, 
Uh, lucky that you let me know about that because someone else would have for sure. I just think <laughs> that moving forward, he is one that, yeah, if you don't have him, add him to your watch list. It could go terribly long. He could get injured. There's something in the water down at GWS. No one wants to play a game. So, um, but yeah, very glad I held him in the end. And that's just what happens when you play for league sometimes. Instead of overall. Could have been erratic, but I wasn't. Mm. <laughs> uh, and McRae's McRae's one too that um, look we can talk about him every week he got tagged in the second yeah. half on the weekend which is great because as a pie supporter it was shit scary watching him run around early but uh, we'll go from there Bonfa I believe you have some stats for us mate in relation to well did you do a bit of homework this week well, that's right. Yeah, sorry, I didn't know where you're going with that. <laughs> yeah, so I've done a bit of homework this week. So we'll get this out. We'll get this out um, in some sort of manner. I'm, I'm not sure how we're going to do it yet, but we'll get it out. But what I've done is I've compiled uh, a nice little Excel spreadsheet here, just having a look at how many hundreds teams are conceding, how many scores above 130 teams are conceding as well. Um, you know, average Supercoach points four as, as like team sort of units. So we know who are the, which teams are giving up the most amount of points and which teams are really hard to score against as well. So this may help in, uh, you know, deciding when it comes to the run home, who you want to pick and that sort of stuff there. So um, hopefully within the next 24 hours, we'll, we'll get that um, up, up on our pages. And, and yeah, that might be of some benefit to the, to the listeners and, and to the people that support the page out there. What are some of the more notable teams when it comes to letting off some super coach points out there? So as as in uh, the easier teams to score against, yeah, yeah. quite comfortably, Carlton, uh, uh, Gold Coast, and Brisbane. So Carlton uh, and Brisbane have the same averages here. So they are conceding um, one point three scores of one hundred and thirty or above um, on average per week, um, which is huge numbers. But more than that, they're averaging um, five players a game on the opposite team scoring a ton against them every single week as well. So that there is absolutely huge numbers. Um, one of the more surprising stats in terms of who have been the, I guess, the most stingiest, actually. Um, you'd think West Coast would be right up there, wouldn't you? But, um, Brett, who do, you, who do you reckon is the it's hardest team? St. Kilda. No. Yeah, I'll, run, no. I'll run with West Coast then. No, not, not West Coast. So it is, in fact, uh, the Demons. And for the entire year, the entire year, they have conceded three scores above 130 unbelievable um and two of those were in the one week as well it's, it's that sort of stuff that you know maybe you know it's not the best thing to vc or or captain someone going in and that's playing against melbourne or or something like that and uh, i'll get what gorn has conceded as well up as well but gorn has conceded next to zero points every single week he has been absolutely incredible not only scoring points and averaging you know above 125 whatever it is but just in what he gives up as well is absolutely nothing um, so yeah, anyways, that, that'll all be up hopefully in the next 24 hours. I'll just round off uh, so, some of the stats and hopefully I'll, I'll do a little bit of uh, home and away analysis as well, particularly for teams like, you know, West Coast and, and Swans and, and that sort of stuff for the run home. That's it. What are we calling, Britta? Stats oh, Stats Bonfa. Stats Bonfa. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's, I know we spoke about a lot of midfield players and you said Gold Coast before. There's one player, and you're going to laugh when I say his name, that I think is incredible value. And you're gonna. No one's gonna endorse this pick, right? But you know what? Bombs is a little different. I'm. I'm gonna endorse it if people want to go for it. Can you ever guess who it is? From Aaron Hall. Gold Coast. From Gold Coast. Jared Lyons. No. Yeah. Uh, Britta hit it. It is in fact Aaron Hall. <laughs> He's had a role change. I don't oh, know nice. if you guys know. 
He's he's moved to half back and he's gone 110, 137 in his last two games. Uh, um, 460k. If he sits behind the ball and is allowed to rack it up, he he will easily average 105 plus from here on out. Probably even 110, maybe even more than that. Um, maybe just uh, yeah, just just have a little look at him if you're looking for a real, real unique cheap option. But um, you know, it's probably always, yeah, it's always safer to go to someone like Clayton Oliver for an extra hundred thousand. But there's always people out there looking uh, real deep for for another obscure type pick. Uh, let's hope he just stays down there and then can be a defender next year. I like that. Yes. Uh, boys, let's get... Uh, we've done our top six defenders and forwards this week, so let's get them um, up and about. We'll start with you, Brad. Do you want to give us your one, two, three down back to begin with? Uh, so one is Led, two is... Yo, three is Lloyd. Bombs? Uh, number one, Lloyd. The lid's off now, mate. Number the one, are you kidding me? Number one from here on out, brother. You heard that right. You number one. Um, number two, Elliot Yo, and uh, number three, uh, Rory Laird. Wow, uh, that's crazy. Uh, I am one. Also l- wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one Laird, two Yo. Uh, three, I found really tough, but I ended up locking in Webster at three, which was, yeah, very, very hard. I think you know average what? here on in. Don't bag Lloyd, because you guys are going to crack it that I didn't put oh, good. at number one. He's only scored yeah. two tons in the last five, so here on out, boys, here on out. Okay. That's a beast. Let's go. Get going. Uh, Bretta, four, five, Bet. six. Uh, number four, I had Michael Hurley. Number five, I have Jimmy Webster. Number six, I have Simpson. But little PS on the end of that, I have Sicily in my forward, so I had to put him in the forward line. Bombs? Yeah, we all know Bombs loves a little bit of controversy, but I will go mm-hmm. Webster at number four, Simpson at number five. Now, I'll tell you what, there's a player that is in form at the moment for the Collingwood Football Club, and his name is Jack Crisp. And I reckon he can just really set a rocket uh, in the second half of the year here and just get like 25, 30 touches a game and and like actually be top six uh, average uh, player from here on out. Yeah, don't actually hate that. Crazy, but yeah. Uh, four for me was Simo. Number five was Lloyd. And number six is Hurley. I think that I think with the Bonfers getting Bonfers, I don't know. That's on team with the Bombers getting better. I think uh, and you know some yeah some improvement. I think Hurley's going to really flourish off that halfback. So I think he'll lock down that that role. And again, disclaimer: I've got Sicily up forward. In with that, Bretto, do you want to go one, two, three, forward line, please? Oh, put me on the spot. I've got to find the list again. I'll go Bombs. Then. Bombs, one, yeah. two, three. No, but now there's absolutely. Zero speculation should be done over number one pick, like it is Toby McLean, and, and that's that's the end of the story. Um, I'll go Jack Darling, number two, and Isaac Heaney, number three. <laughs> Jack Darling from here on in, you think he's going to hold his spot at number two? Yep. Okay. Oh, I think he'll make number two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you going to pick him? Are you going to bring him in? Yeah, oh, look, um, yes, I will. <laughs> because I've still okay, got I'm three four line spots to I'm get. I'm holding you to that. That's okay. I've, got, I've still got three four line spots to get to. Uh, number one for me is McLean, by far. Love him. Uh, two Haney, three Sicily. I the same top three. Uh, Bombs, four to six. Yeah, from here on out, four, number, uh, number four. Four, four is uh, Westhoff. Yep, four is Westhoff. Um, five, 
I'm banking on a Rockcliffe injury and uh, Robbie Gray. <laughs> I end up fifth highest averager, and then Sicily to round it out. Brett, see, I'm in all sorts now, but I'm going to go four Robbie Gray. I'm going to go five Lance Franklin. Number six, it's not Sis. It's it's a forgotten man, and we are going on average here, boys. So you just got to keep that in mind. Yeah, it's, but, uh, it's, it's cool. Nah, 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 nah. You won't even think about him. Toby Green. <laughs> Not bad. It's two weeks away. Two weeks away, boys. Yeah, back. Uh, I was Franklin, uh, Robbie Gray as five, um, and Walters and Darling as my six. Found it hard to split them, uh, but I really liked the Toby Green one, Brenner. You actually did get me there. I didn't really give him too much love due to injury, but uh, yeah. You guys ready for some questions? Always. All right, all right. We've got Nathan, Nathan eight two zero zero one three eight seven. We're starting on Twitter. Um, I'm looking at Dusty this week to finish my mids, but to do some uh, performing. Wow, this our rookies will need to move on. The three are Fritch, one of Mirror or Guelphie. Depend. Oh, Fritch, Mirror, and Guelphie. Um, depend on which rookie I go for, either Smith or Ridley. All right. So the question is, do you make these trades to get him in? You hold Fritch. I think he has to move Fritch. Wow. Yeah, to get... Have you seen his last, like, four weeks? To to get Dusty. I don't think Dusty's worth trading Fritch, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, neither do I. I'd probably hold off for a little longer. Right now, I'm not actually really condoning just Dusty's going to be a top eight midfielder. The way he's going, it's uh, yeah, pretty ugly. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to bring Dusty in until I've seen him turn the corner. Yeah, until you see him start playing some Dusty, because Richmond are winning, so Dusty like doesn't really care. Uh, well, I see him. I'd be, I'd be double downgrading somehow this week, not going and getting a premium. Waiting, you can't afford the new one. Yeah, is yeah. it more important to get rid of Jack uh, Jacobs or Billings this week, leading towards booting Jacobs? I think it's more important. It, watch, I don't even know what Jacobs priced at. Ben Jacobs? Yeah, no. Uh, um, Sam. Sam. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'd assume Sam. Yeah. Um, Sam he's crossed at 346. What? He's gone 51, 47, 42 last three games. It's been what a wow. fall from Christ. He hasn't touched Did Popper say he was going to be top two Ruckman this year? Uh, we'll revisit <laughs> that. Um, yeah, oh, you got to get, you gotta get rid of here. Jacobs. I don't think you have to get rid yeah. of Billings. You have to get rid of Jacobs. You can't keep running that. That's that's pain. He's got to go. You How do we miss that? I think Billings has outscored in the last three weeks. He has. I think <laughs> Billings has outscored in the whole year. That's <laughs> trash. literally like 100 points every week if you're going you know Jacobs gonna, v. Grundy. What's going to happen next year? He's going to be underpriced, and we're going to be talking about him preseason. Nah, don't do it. Yeah, so I'm just going to get Grundy next year. Yeah, I reckon I reckon Jacobs has to go. I don't think Billings goes. Uh, most of us will be final up. Oh, sorry, we already done this. Uh, that was Bryce asking us to put out our top six for each line. Um, at JT, Rocky, two games, both with very low disposal efficiency and close to a ton each week. Should he only get better? That's from JT. Is there any way that you see Rocky cleaning up the ball, boys? <sighs> I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. That's the way I can answer that question. Brett? Yes, but yes, but too many red flags around Rocky to bring him in. Oh, like, I guess this is the one where you bring him in, it goes horribly... I'm sorry, it goes completely right. You win overall. Like, that's the kind of pick you make, but you're risking the whole... The whole one, no. Kitty, 
on yeah. one dude coming good. I think it's. I think there's a lot of danger signs that it's an avoid for me. Um, is Austin a reliable substitute for Ridley or Rice? Um, Wait a week. I'm getting Walters this week, and you can't stop me. I'd. I'd think I'd prefer Ridley or Rice coming off that yep. extra game. For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, we just spoke about the rider debate. I've got 16 trades. If I use two this week, trades will still need with upgrades. Two defenders, one mid, three forward line. Is this about average or am I behind the pack? Ah, so it's a trade question. Um, also, would you still trade in Rocky as buy cover and keep him as M9? Is that We haven't spoken about that. All right, let's, let's like touch on that pass. Is there an option where we could use Rockliff as M9 if we've got luxury of trades? Yes. Yes. Yep, I don't hate it at all. Um... Where should we people be around about this week? Anywhere between. Well, what trades? are you guys at? Ah, uh, I'm going sixteen. You should be. I think you should be two trades per upgrade you need, plus an extra five or six at the end of the year. So, say you've got six upgrades, you should have seventeen trades left. Say you've got four upgrades, you should have thirteen trades. Okay. Yep, I've got four trades left, four upgrades, and they're all like. Pretty high end. Nah, you've got more than four. And I got fourteen trades. Sorry, four upgrades. My bad. Four upgrades. One defender, one mid. Ah, yeah. uh, so hang on. So you got fourteen before this week or after this week? After this week. Yes, yeah, so I'm in fourteen and four. Oh, I'm the exact same as you. I'd have okay. fourteen and four trades left. Four upgrades. Four upgrades left. left yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob, are you similar? Um, of. I'll have uh, four upgrades. Um, well, this week before trades, I need four upgrades and I've got 15 trades. Yeah, that's a lot. Your team's in your team's caca. Um, yeah. uh, oh, mate, Roy, is the double downgrade this week a good move? I personally think it's probably the yep. smartest move this week. Long term, if you pay for league, I think the double downgrade is honestly the smartest move you can make this week. They're there. And they're players that are performing as well. It's not like you're double downgrading to players that are dropping out of thirties at the moment. Mm. I think uh, that it's double downgrade. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brad Ramanoff. Uh, this back to Facebook. Is Tim Smith from Melbourne going to get enough games to make him a cash cow? Spoke about depth earlier in round the grounds. Is anyone worried about the depth of Melbourne and Tim Smith yes. being one or two bad games from being out? Bonds. Yes, yes, for sure, yes. Melbourne has the best list in the competition. I said that at the start of the year. Um, yeah, by far, yeah, you should be worried about it. But as long as he's doing what he's doing now, he's, he's not going to go anywhere. Pedersen is the main danger. But also, I think Tom McDonald's the sneaky danger as well. But in saying that, they played Tom McDonald and Tim Smith in that game against Carlton. So um, maybe he can play with, with another tall forward and maybe they won't go for a like-for-like like in and out. Look, they're not going to drop him and bring in... Um, uh, so, you know, someone like Dom Tyson or, or someone like that, or what's the fellow on the halfback line? Harms, no, not a Harms. The what's the fast guy's name on the halfback flank? Harms. Yeah, Harms. Headband. Yeah. Headband. Um, yeah, they're not going to bring in someone like that and mess with it. Their ball movement at the moment, like, is just electric. Like they're just pumping points after points after points. I think if if we can get at least three games out of him, he's going to go up to at least two sixty k. I reckon, and and I'm confident that he can play the next three games. Brenner. 
Um, he's a lot more mobile than I realised. I thought he was a big clunky dude, but he moves really well, so that helps. He played a bit in the ruck. I think he had like eight or nine hitouts as well in back-to-back games, so that helps. He, he is projected, if he plays two more games, to get to 248,000. So if you think he can play two to three, and you think he's going to hold his spot, then absolutely, I think he'll do enough compared to some of the others. Like I think Spargo's played like five games. He's only like 230 or 240. So because of the two big scores, he's going to skyrocket really quickly. Favourite thing about Tim Smith is he, I think he really complements and helps Hogan a lot. And they can yep. do a lot of rotation between, all right, it's your turn to go up the ground. It's my turn to go up the ground. It's your turn to go up the ground. That, that real, They're both hard runners. So it's up, back, up back, up, back, and they're just wearing their defenders out. This is the one thing that I probably I really hadn't given Hogan enough credit for it. It's so Rewalt-like, the way Hogan runs, uh, Nick Rewalt, uh, the way Hogan runs and moves and just runs his opponent into the ground, and I think Smith is complements him very well as that link-up forward. He reminds me a lot of the way that Adelaide used Lynch last year. Um, go up the ground, get it, deliver the ball inside 50. So I think I think uh, Smith is very, very safe. Bonds touched on it. I don't think any of those young boys, are gonna, uh, any of the smaller boys are going to impact his role. Um, and I think he offers Melbourne a little bit more than what Wiedemann is when he's ready to come back. So I think Smith's pretty safe, and I think it's the, the most logical move. Um I can't see any way that I wouldn't be getting him. I was tempted to grab him last week, uh, but I held off and grabbed him this week. Uh, Matthew uh, Match or Mac, I think it is. Is is it worth downgrading Jack? The piece of looks like a smiley face with a mohawk emoji. Uh, <laughs> Billings uh, to Tim Smith. If you've got nothing else to do. If you don't, if you, if everything else is alright, then yeah, by all means, go for it. Bomb spread. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, thoughts, Andrew McClure. Thoughts on T. Kelly to Rockliffe and Stephenson to Buddy this week. T. Kelly to Rockliffe, Stephenson to Buddy. Yeah. Um, no, I, I hate the Buddy pick, and I'm not going to endorse the Rockliffe pick. So no to both. Bretta. If you have to do one to get the other, then no to both. Yeah. I'm not sold on Rocket. I'd rather Cali down. Um, I don't mind Stephenson to Bally. I really don't mind that. But I'd rather Cali down and then use that money come post prize. Um, someone's upgrading Tim Cali here. James. Upgrading Tim Cali and obviously doesn't have a lot of money in the cank. So, Beams, Canelio, Robinson, Pendlebury, Jack Stevens are tops. Tom Phillips. Um, Canelio. Canelio or Phillips? Uh, and, well, Phil, you're only picking Phillips because you're giving me Wiley. I don't mind Pendles there either. Um, but Canelio, I think, is by, by and large the most easiest one. Um, mid price forward bargains. Josh Kennedy, Lobb, Hogan. Can any of them be top eight from here? Hogan. Hogan, but the top eight is so deep now that I don't think he can get to top eight. Yeah, Hogan's the only one that I've seen from here on in that can do it. I think Josh Kennedy's heard some news today that he was a little bit sore at training as well. And Nick Nat trained with a sore back too. Um, Kale Todd, what Kennedy. to do with Seedsman? Do you want to touch on uh, Kennedy injured. first? He's injured, yeah. 
Oh, no, no, I was just going to say Kennedy's only had the one ton for the year and he's played, what, seven games, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, seven games, one ton. Um, and, like, everything else has been below 90. So, no to Josh Kennedy. Um, Seedsman, yeah, he's injured now. So, um, yeah, move on him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, great on both. Yeah. yeah, he's done his job for you. Uh, Richard, we've answered his first two questions, but I'm going to touch on his third question. What's more important, getting Ridley and Walters later on or missing Ridley and getting Walters this week? Getting Ridley's more important. Yeah, a rookie always before, unless you desperately, desperately need league wins in order to make the top eight. If Walters is that good, you can get him later. You can only get Ridley now. Yeah, but there'll, there'll always be another rookie defender to get as well, brother. Like, there's Logan if you, Austin if you, next. There's like, potentially Logan Austin next week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. honestly, if you're going to have enough that you can get, you know, comfortably Austin next week, if you... Hang on. I think, I think we need to backtrack this conversation a little bit. If you think Walters is 100% top 8 slash top 6, then I think you got to get Walters. And then grab Logan I, Austin yeah. next week. But I, I would only get Walters if he's he, he's out of the eight and needs desperately the win to bring himself back into top eight contention. Oh, uh, yeah, and just yeah. to give you the rundown, I've thought about this. I thought about getting Walters, but I'm double downgrading. I think long term, don't just look at this week. Look at how it's going to help you through your buy rounds, and long term, that's going to help me the most. Yeah. Um. Uh, Brandon Dance can get one of Dustin Martin or Tom Mitchell. Who and why? Bumps? Oh, Mitchell, it's not even a question. Right. It is a question. He asked it. But yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous, though. It's Tom Mitchell. Isn't that ridiculous? Right? Yeah. Uh, it's incredibly ridiculous. Like, Tom Mitchell, like, well. you don't even have to think about that. Some people just like clarification, Bumps, and that's what you're here for. He's averaging 122 and he's right, up 600. Um, <laughs> Tim Perrin, ranked inside the top 800. Clap, clap, mate. Uh, but still 700 points behind number one. Do I shoot for overall now or focus on league? No, Have go a crack for at overall. Have a crack at it, man. Yeah. I'm, the, yeah. If I was hitting top 800, I'm going ham. you got to look at it this way. Like, last week there would have been a couple up there that would have dropped sub 2,400. And there would have been a lot who scored over 2,400. If you're nailing over 2,400 and they're dropping below 2,300, you're probably moving up 100 spots, etc. each week. If you can keep nabbing that, you know, it'll be a lot closer than you think. 700 mm. points isn't hard to make up if your team's absolutely flying. Um, and you can always hang your head on a, a top 100 finish. You, you can't top 100. No one can ever take that away from you. Yep. Someone can say, yeah, I won a title. Yeah, but you know what? I was top 100 out of 220,000 people. So I'd rather a ring. I'd rather a ring. Yeah, yeah I'd rather this coach ring as well. A league, league <laughs> ring. Yeah. yeah, that's because you, you probably don't like the people you're playing with, AK bombs. So, yeah. <laughs> You've got to... <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It's no, no, but I'm saying you prefer to win. Super coach relevant at the moment. So. Uh, yeah, Riley Davis, right. what's the hype on Rockcliffe? Can't see him being a good super coach player at Port, being inconsistent and not being their primary mid. I just wanted to read that out because I think it was good. Um, yes, uh, Nathan Jones, this was actually yesterday. Can really get another few games with Hurley out? Well, yes, because Ambrose back in. Um, Mark Schwartz, Giles Langdon out and Smith in. Brett, are you got Smith at the moment? Uh, I missed the question because I just got so caught up on the fact that the Ox is getting involved. <laughs> uh, he was he got at us last week, but that's all right. You probably missed it. It was a little bit earlier last yeah. week. Uh, Giles Langdon out, Smith in. Devin Smith? Yeah. 
Um, don't hate it. Don't really hate it at all. Smith's fine. Smith's good. And he had another nice week this week. He's playing bulk midfield, doing plenty. Don't He's hate consistent, it. Smith. He's consistent. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I'm feathered. moving Joel's length there too, if that helps. So. Uh, feather Dan, I've brought in Clayton Oliver, Justin Westhoff uh, for this weekend as part of my buy strategy. Which players should I be targeting for downgrades to build a bit of a war chest to bring in McCray and McLean after the Bulldogs buy? He's got the same Tune thought the, as me. Tune into the podcast next week and we'll let you know. Yeah. yeah I'll be doing that exact same thing next week. So <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, you're double downing this week? Or are you me? one up, one down? Uh, one down, one up. One down, one up, and uh, then after this, it's all about McLean McRae. Well, you only get one week to have a real shot I still got McLean. money. You get three trades next week as well. Don't uh, forget, and you get three yeah. trades during all the buys. Yeah, see, because I'm going double down now. This is what I'm doing. I'm going double down now. Most likely one down next week with Austin. And then, oh, depending on that other boy from the doggy, uh, from um, Gold Coast as well. Um, yeah. You might yeah. I'll need about... I'll need about five, six hundred thousand to get it done, and I'll yeah. get that in three trades. Yeah. Right. Well, you got to hope the players are there. That's I've got a hundred there. Yeah, I've got a hundred there anyway. Yeah, it'll be there. It'll be there. Okay. Uh, best downgrade: Norton to Rice, English to Alongo. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. out of those two, what's better, Norton to uh, Rice or English to Alongo? I do Norton because there might be a sneaky chance that. No, is there a chance that um, well, uh, English I'll comes like... back? I like I like Norton yeah. to rise because it gives you another player through the buy rounds. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, uh, can't answer that. Uh, another double downgrade question. Um, here we are, uh, Troy uh, Troy Rendell. Uh, Taranto's midfield time looks up now. Kelly is back. I'm currently ranked 861 and all my rooks have really low... Um, break-evens. So I'm thinking of trading Taranto to Smith, I assume Tim Smith, and put 350k in my war, ch- my war chest for buys. Good idea, question mark. Yeah, good call. Yep. He's just seen how yep. affected Taranto. Taranto was a little bit injured on the weekend. Um, wow, wow. Paul Maltman, is Billings good enough value to get in now? <laughs> no, I don't do it here, so. yeah. No. Not at all. Uh, yeah. no, Neto Smith. Not until he scores that first ton. Ned Smith, the boy from Geelong. Uh, does Nick Holman have incriminating photos <laughs> of the host, Corey B? Never heard a bloke put forward such a strong case for an average rookie since I've been playing Super Bowl. <laughs> Anyone want to well, answer that? What's Holman done wrong? You're right, Corey, because... People wanted to trade him Holman when he was worth two forty. He's currently worth three hundred and six with a break even at twelve. So good on you for letting the community know what to do. I thought I was gonna take Caulfield over Holman at one stage and Corey talked me out of it, so thank you, Corey. Can't wait for Holman to go big. Um vice captain and captain options this week, boys, we'll start with you, boss. Oh, it's a no brainer, like it's just an absolute must that you go gone. Yeah. And um for me, uh like I'll go into five. Um but yeah, Gorn is the Gorn is a no brain VC this week. Brett. Gorn into probably Dangerfield. Yeah, I'm gone into either Brody Grundy against no Ruckman in Frio. But I'll probably do the more common sense one to go five. Um but I think we're all taking Gorn this week anyway. I can't see he scores one field options this week. Is it relevant? Franklin versus Carlton. Uh I like Elliot Yo. Well, mine was Grundy. Yeah, cool. Very good. Um, anything else to add, boys? 
Beautiful. All right, Alitis, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. As always, if you can, jump on iTunes, leave us a review, um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud as well. Uh, hopefully, we can come out with another live podcast this Thursday. We'll do our best. Um, any other questions, just shoot us through our Peace Out community. Thanks for listening.